Bartags! What is your profession? Welcome to Wolverine Nation. I say what I mean, I mean what I say, and I say what needs to be said. Global leader in military combatives. 45 martial arts world titles. Renowned actor, writer, and a malicious warrior with brutally honest opinions. This may step on some people's toes. If it does, then you're a special kind of stupid. (laughs) This is America's Sheepdog. Kicking it with the Wolverine. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's Wolverine here. I would like to welcome you to the Legend Show with Professor Gary Lee. And at this time, I would like to introduce your host, Professor Gary Lee. Professor Gary Lee, are you there, sir? Hey, Wolverine. How are you, buddy? Oh, doing great, sir. Doing great. I hope well, you are as well. your seatbelt. Listen, buddy, both of your seatbelts, hang on to your sticks. Be ready for the tsunami. The warnings are to be very taken very seriously, buddy. No mamby-pamby flop doggies here at the Wolverine, or as the Wolverine would say. How you doing, Wolverine? How you doing oh, tonight, buddy? Doing great, sir. Doing great. So, well, I'm listen. excited about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, excited about the show, so you've got the talking stick. So uh, if you'd like to bring on your guest, uh, you go right ahead. The floor is yours. Well, thank you, Wolverine. Thank you for passing on the talking stick to me. But as I said earlier, no mamby-pamby swamp donkeys here, as the Wolverine would say. And we prove it every week on the Legend Show because we have some amazing people on this show. And tonight, I have someone very special. My my special guest. And of course, don't forget the voices of life. Well, tonight's guest is someone that's been with the Fort Crotty Museum from the beginning. Actually, you know what, ladies and gentlemen? He traveled around the country with me and laid down, let me cut cucumbers, and bananas on his throat, his stomach, and other parts of the body I won't mention. But he's an amazing guy. He's from Texas. No, wait a minute. I'll say it officially. He's a Kunath. He's born in Louisiana. But he's one of the most dedicated history journals I have. Travels all around the world when he was working with oil. But now he lives in Louisiana. He's back to being a Kunath. <laughs> And that's out of deep respect. I want to bring on my history general, my dear friend, Mr. Breck Mills. Breck, you there, buddy? Yes, sir, I am. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Breck. And welcome to the Legend Show. Now, you're very special because tonight I'm going to share with the world that we've made you a representative other than a history journal. You're now the uh, liaison of the museum at tournaments and other events to be able to represent the museum with a booth. And you also give away a gold dragon watch. 
to the grand champion of the event, and you also be able to choose whether or not that event or tournament will get a five-star rating together. So I'm excited, Breck. You've been a big part of the museum in that way. But with that said, I want to ask you, your roots, they they started in Texas or Louisiana? I, I get mixed up sometimes when I think about it. My roots actually started in 1966 in New Orleans with uh, Maccabi Sensei in Shotokan. Oh, that's right, Maccabi Sensei. Yeah, I remember now. I remember now that you told me. And how did you hook up with uh, Burleson and Skipper and Minshew and Richie and everything? What year was that? That was in 1989 when I moved, when I came back to the States for the first time and moved to Katy, Texas. Okay. Uh, now, I actually bought a house two doors down from from um, Don Mullen, Skipper's big brother. Moon, yeah. Okay, I remember barely now. I do remember. My short-term memory really has gotten bad, Rick, since the, the stroke. But I can remember that. I can remember that. Now, you was with a man for a while, Larry Ritchie. Who was part of Blockboat Academy, which I was a part of Blockboat Academy, and we hooked up, and he started traveling with me. What was that like, little brother? Hanging out with the crazy Hawaiian. Uh, it was fun, man. I like, gained a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge. Uh, got to meet a lot of a lot of awesome people, a lot of great martial artists, and um, all the people that that. We had the privilege to meet. I mean, we're still, we became good and best friends over time. And um, I'm, you know, happy to be part of their family and call them my family. Well, you know, you've been doing quite a few legends of them. Tell my audience what it's like hanging out with the likes of Jim Harrison and all the people that I've got lucky enough to bring together every year. You know, from a little kid growing up in, in New Orleans on the West Bank and then at the end of the day rubbing shoulders and having dinner and, and hearing all the stories of these guys of their life coming up, it was um, it was amazing. Um, the stories that they had to tell, the, the, the true life events that actually happened to them in the job that they had. And, you know, Jim Harrison was a classic example. But, um you know, the when Jim told you a story, uh, it was it was on point. It was something actually happened to him in his life, and how Martin Larch saved his life and protected other people's lives at the same time. Yes. Well, <clears throat> with that said, I want to also introduce something I found out a couple of days ago. You know, I'm, I was very, I was part of Mr. Burleson very close to him, and years ago, I got permission to advertise his world martial arts ranking system that he got together with years ago. And he asked Chuck Norris, Ed Parker, Jim Harrison, Bob Wall, Dean LaBelle, Steve Armstrong, all these people to be a part of it. And he did. Now, some of those guys are gone now. But Jim Butin, the great Jim Butin, who will be on the show a little bit later in the season, he has asked you to be the Louisiana representative. And, you know, Jim is going to have a big booth with a 
association and everything, but what's it like representing like the Chuck Norris and Ed Parker and all those people? Isn't that incredible, buddy? Man, it, it's it's a great honor. I mean, these are the guys that when I first started back in, in 1966, these were my heroes. And um, and over the years, being able to to meet them and do things with them and, and then now represent them as a director of Louisiana for World Martial Arts Ring Association. It's um it's it's a dream come true to be where to be where I'm well, at you now. You know what? You took the words right out of my mouth. You did because I feel the same way, Breck. Because I get to represent them every day like you. And for more information guys who are listening, you can go to www.fortkaratemuseumarchive.com and you can see the listing of the W-A-M-A-R-A. Am I saying it right, Brent? What is it? W-A- yes, W-M-A-R-A. Oh, I missed that. It's W-M-A-R-A. World Martial Arts Ranking Association. There you go. And that is... Like I said, Chuck Norris, Ed Parker, Steve Armstrong, Bob Wall, Dima Bell, Dolly Bum, a whole slew of Joe Lewis, people that endorse that. And we get to keep that legacy alive. And that's what you and I are doing. And I want to just say, Breck, you're a very, very special person to me. Now, we're going to come back. We're going to play the Let It Name game at the end of the show. This is where I'll say a couple of names to you. You can talk about them for a couple of minutes and we'll try to hit you with as many names as we can. But, you know, the neat thing I like about you, I really do, that you understand my passion, the attitude behind the history of sport karate. It should be done the right way. But I'm going to take you back to the craziness. Of all the things that you've done with me, I want to Oh, I, I just want to hear it. What is the craziest thing that you see me do? You mean besides being disqualified tournaments? Don't even mention that. I'm not worried about you. <laughs> I would say trusting you enough to let you cut watermelons and cucumbers and nanos off of my chest with your sword. Well, I really enjoyed the trust. I really did. And I still enjoy the trust because you're very special, as I say. So don't go anywhere. I'm going to give the talking stick back over to the Wolverine, and then we'll bring you back at the end of the show, and we'll play the Legends Name game. Okay, Brett? Okay, sounds good. Thank you, sir. Super. Well, that said, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to give the talking stick to my dear friend, the Wolverine. Wolverine? Yes, sir. I'm right here. Thank you, sir, for the talking stick. stick. Thank you, sir. That was a very good interview so far with uh, Mr. Breck Mills. (laughs) And at this time, Professor, we would like to go ahead and start our segment with the voices. So once again, I pass the talking stick back to you so you can bring on our first voice. Thank you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, a few years ago, I had a vision in my head that I thought I could do. I didn't know how to do it, but because of the Wolverine Nation, it's happening. I want to put voices, people that are respected within our community of martial arts around the world, well, around the nation first, and I got to do it. And that's what we do with this next few minutes. I put together five incredible people. We call them the voices. And these people get to talk about topics that maybe we should talk about, maybe we shouldn't talk about, maybe we need to talk about. And tonight we have a very, very interesting subject. The first voice that I would like to introduce is a beautiful lady that I've known for years. She's a champion, a PKL champion. She trained in Shoryu Karate. She trained in, well, she trained in Kung Fu, which is, she is a very avid teacher as we speak. She'll be at the Super Avengers show in October with a special booth, and she's also going to be doing a seminar on Tai Chi. So if you ever want to learn the Tai Chi movement, this is the place to be at 2 o'clock in Houston at the West Chase Marriott for the amazing tribute for Jerry Smith and Karen E. Herman. But with that said, let me introduce you to this lady. She's so cool. Her name is Karen Flatcher, and she's from North Carolina, and I want to bring her on right now. Karen? Yes, sir. Aloha. I am here. Aloha. Well, tonight we have a very interesting subject. And I guess you might call it controversial. But you know, Karen, <laughs> it's something that we all have to deal with, especially being competitors. And uh, I'm talking about, I'm not just about cheating and or that. I'm talking about cheating and body. My story that that I have always wanted to tell this story. I I had become quite a uh, person that was standing up and fighting for women's uh, equality in tournaments, and I I was always there trying to make sure that the women at least had a grand champion that they could go for a, a trophy. Uh, any any time that there was a chance, they they threw the women aside, and uh, Dennis Brown used to just say, "Well, you can compete for the fun of it, but you won't get a trophy." That things like that. All right, I can hear you, Dean. Okay. <laughs> this is. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. So, shall I keep going? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so we had gone up to a tournament in uh, New York uh, thrown by a man you might have heard about named Aaron Banks. And Aaron had a huge movie theater that he had rented for this event. And when we all went up, a group of us, about 20 people went up, uh, he had no divisions for women, none at all. And I said, are you serious? My money is, is, is just as green as theirs. So there were about four of us for women 
and they finally decided to okay they would make some some women's divisions and uh they decided to put all the women together white through black in one division and i said nope not doing it my guys my girls are not paying to be in this division not doing it so they decided to break it up and they had brown and black belt women in one division so i decided to to go ahead and and fight and they put me up against a girl and they had the five point spread uh rule if you remember that and yeah. uh she wasn't very good she wasn't very good and i managed to beat her in five really quickly and uh when they bowed us out to give me my uh, award the arbitrator walked in the middle of the ring and said i'm overturning this fight because she didn't give any real fight at all you 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 should have done better you have a lot more in your arsenal you should have fought or beat her better i said excuse me you're overthrowing the fight because i didn't beat her up he said yep there was no karate here today and they took my award away and i walked over i said you cannot do that and he grabbed my cheek and he twisted it but almost uh bruised and he said little lady you better learn your place Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And I did not get my award that day because I didn't hurt that woman. She wasn't good. I wasn't about to beat her to a pulp. But because he thought I should have done he did it because I raised hell about the trophies. And the trophy that they gave her was in 1987, and it was 1990. It came complete with dust and cobwebs and everything. That's how badly the women used to get treated. Wow. Well, you know, Karen, mm-hmm. the great fighter told me one time when I got him in a corner, and I just asked him, I said, sir, how do you feel about judging? And you always tell me, Karen, you you always tell me. What? It was really interesting. What? He, goes, he says, Gary, out of five judges, here we go. One judge is there because of his ego. He realizes he's earned a right to be a judge in black belt competition. One judge is there because he knows all the girls, women, ladies are looking at him because he's, 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 he's a judge. <laughs> One he's judge right. is yep. there because he's the brother of the person you're fighting. <laughs> you hold mm-hmm. That the fourth judge knows what he's doing. And you better hope mm-hmm. that the center referee knows what he's doing. So out of five judges, three out of five of them got their heads up their butts, whatever. So you have to go in and own the ring. You have to go in and own the ring. You understand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I thought so, I did. <laughs> well... What a circumstance, and I appreciate you sharing that with me, and I'm going to go to the next boy. God bless you, Karen. Okay. Now, ladies and right. gentlemen. God bless you. Yes, ma'am. The next boy, he's a pretty amazing man. He's a rider. He's an eighth-degree black belt. He trains in Okinawa, Katsudo, and Korean martial arts. He's a personal advisor for the Sport Karate Museum, and well, he's just an incredible man. We're going to bounce from North Carolina now to Las Vegas, and I'll bring on Mr. James E. Moore. Uncle Jim, 
I am here, Uncle Gary. Thank you. How are you tonight, sir? I am I am really good. Really good tonight. Thank you. Well, I wanted your wisdom about the word cheating. And y'all mean because you know, I don't I don't know. I, I get very upset about when I talk about it because you know, I fought for almost forty years and I've certainly seen a lot of it. But go ahead and share with me your vision of what you think the word cheating portrays and in sport karate tournament. Well, uh, uh, just uh, before I totally jump into that, I did rack my brain to think if I ever thought I was cheated in karate or judo tournaments, and I don't really recall a time that I was, but I have heard of uh, the powers be in tournaments predetermining outcomes, which I've never personally experienced, but but uh, not great. I was cheated in tennis before. I was in a uh, finals of a tournament in a city just south of Seattle called Renton, and the guy just kept cheating and cheating and cheating. But what that taught me, I, I, he, he wanted it so badly, and it didn't really mean that much to me that I I um, uh, just decided you got to pick your battles, and he ended up winning. Uh, and I think that's when you when you've been cheated or anything else. Whenever else you're wronged in life, you just got to decide which battles are worth fighting and which ones are not. And that one in particular wasn't. Um, the other thing that, that does concern me in society these days is it does seem to be accepted by many that uh, it's okay to cheat as long as you don't get caught. And uh, that seems to, in many ways, penetrated our society, which is a sad commentary. But unfortunately, it does do damage. And for those that are, have been cheated, um, it can hurt a lot of people. And I, the, the one example that really comes to mind for me, and it always ruffles my feathers, was the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs and the World Series in 2017. And that's when the Houston Astros were, were doing the che- – they had the cheating scandal. And uh, um, I know I there was one that. player – remember that? Yeah, there was one player yeah, for – there's one player for the uh, a pitcher for the, the Toronto Blue Jays before the World Series. It destroyed his career. He's still suing Houston, the Astros, but it destroyed his career. Um, they find the Houston finally played the Dodgers in the World Series, and, and the Dodgers lost in Game Seven. But starting pitcher Yu Darvish, uh, they just hit the heck out of him in the first inning, and the game is almost over in the first inning. And he was maligned throughout Los Angeles. He was the scapegoat. He um, ended up being traded to the Cubs, as I recall. And uh, otherwise, probably a great pitcher, but it, it really damaged, seriously damaged his career. So it really does hurt the people that um, are being are being cheated. Uh, but it, it also it hurts the people that are doing the cheating if they have a conscience. And uh, you know, you can get. And I'll give you one anecdote before I. Pass back the talking stick, but the um, uh, for those who have, have cheated and they have a conscience, uh, there can be feelings of of shame, of guilt, um, feelings of hurting others, uh, and it just generally affects the spirit of comp- competition. It hurts the spirit of competition. And uh, one anecdote I had is uh, a number of years ago I was taking a. Uh, Dale Carnegie's sales course, and there were about uh, 40 people in the class, and they broke us up into two groups, about 20 each, and uh, they started asking us questions about the course and the books and everything, and 
And uh, uh, it came down to where I was the only one left standing in my group. And there were eight people standing uh, still in the other group. And uh, I was asked a question, and I didn't know the answer. And one of the people that was had been in my group blurted out the the correct answer, and I was like kind of stunned. I didn't know what to do, and I kind of looked around, and everybody was just still looking at me to give an answer. So I went ahead and gave that answer, and I ended up uh, winning the whole thing. I was able to outdo the other eight, and uh, but to this day, I still feel guilt about that. I got <laughs> the award I got was probably a, a cheap two dollar pen. But to this day, I still feel guilt when I think about that because I really didn't know the answer, and I probably should have said something at that time. So if if you're the one doing the cheating, even if in my case it certainly wasn't something I'd want to do, it just sort of spur of the moment thing, and I made the wrong decision. But uh, but it can't carry forward. So if if the people that are cheating do have a conscience, it can hurt them greatly as well. And with that, I'll pass back to talking stick. Well, wisdom, ladies and gentlemen, as always, from Mr. James E. Moore. Thank you so much, Mr. Moore. I appreciate that so much. I really do. Now, did David Chambers get on the line yet? Yes, sir. Okay, David, let me introduce you back Ladies and gentlemen, I know this who is a black belt now since he was an orange belt. And he trained with a very personal friend of mine, a great champion, the first Black Erkin, a black belt under June Reed. That's right. We're talking about Mr. Fred Simon. But his protege became a black belt in Texas, and now he is the president of the largest sport of karate association in Texas called the AOK. But you know what's really cool about this man, ladies and gentlemen? He is not just a great teacher, a great black belt, but he has also done something really special. He has won the MVP of Texas Sport Karate, the Golden Greek, over five times. I'm not making that up. That's a fact. And you know what I say that for? Because it took me 17 years to win one. This man is Incredible, and I really, really appreciate it. I want to bring on the president of the AOK, Mr. David Chambers. So we call him DE for short. So we'll call him DE out of respect. I want you to know that. Mr. Chambers? Yes, sir. DE, how the heck are you? I'm doing fantastic, sir. Just glad to be here. Well, welcome to the Legends Show. Now, you still fight, you still compete. So, and you've been competing a long time. So I know this is kind of a, well, a delicate subject. So I wanted to ask you, D, basically, you know, really simply, have you ever been cheated openly on a karate event? Or have you seen it done? Where and how? And who was it, if you can remember? I know I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> I like being on the spot. I've never been cheated in my life. I've always. <laughs> I wish I could say that. No, <clears throat> no. We, you have, uh, being a young man coming up. You spoke about my instructor. Uh, he was the first African American 
to receive a black belt under great grandmaster Junri, uh, and to see some of the things that he's dealt with, at, and to watch him how he dealt with it was amazing. Because a lot of times things didn't go his way that you can see should have went his way, and uh, then later as I came about. I dealt with some of it a lot less than he did, but he gave a philosophy. And, and, and I can talk about the different times someone has maybe cheated me or I could talk about the different times I've seen someone get cheated or student, et cetera. But I, I feel like I want to say this instead. When I was taught to compete, I used that same philosophy to teach my kids. And that philosophy was and is. When you go to compete, you are competing against probably five people, five competitors. And those competitors are named, and their names are the crowd. That's one of their names. A second one is named the judges. A third one is named the organization. A fourth one is named sometime your club or your skin color or your affiliation. And then the, the last one is sometime named the competitor. And he told me that you got to beat every one of them. So if you go in there and you realize the crowd sometimes might be against you and they might not treat you fairly. Sometimes the judges might be against you and might not treat you fairly. He said, you train so hard, so diligently, that even when all of them are against you, you still score high enough, you still plant your sidekick strong enough that when they don't want to call your point, the competitor will say, hey, give him his point because I don't want to get hit again that way. And so I'm not going to say that I haven't been cheated, but I am going to say I did find the antidote for being cheated, and that means you overcome. You overcome the obstacles, and that's where I am today, uh, uh, even in dealing with some of the day's day's situations. I found out instead of me saying, hey, this is where I was cheated or how I was cheated, I've chosen the philosophy of my instructor. He said, overcome it, and that's where I am today. Thank you. Now, I want you to teach me something. I won't be able to do it properly. Do I say Black American, or do I say African American? Which one do I supposed to say, brother? American. Well, American. I, I love just that. American. <laughs> period. He's an American. That's the that's the problem with okay. America. We're okay. all Americans. Well, how do I say? The, okay, Amen. Wolverine. Amen. The, okay, the Wolverine. The first American. I'm saying I, I want to introduce, like Fred Simon, the first American black man, or the first American African black man. It won. To get a black man, we'll get a black belt from Junior. How do I say it? I mean, in What's my opinion, proper? you know, Mr. Simon is no different than anybody else. I see everybody as I Americans. That, but he's a black man. Do I say African <laughs> black man or do I say I, black American? What's one do why I don't you just say he was one of the first men to receive a black belt under there from where he's from? And and well, just be where are you, you from? Can say, from Africa. I mean, what, okay, what okay he, I understand what you're saying, Wolverine. What I'm asking you, sir, is the first black American to receive a black belt from Judy or did I say African American? Which one did I say? What he what he's sharing with you is that it should not be relevant. 
and it's a sad, okay. sad that it might be, but it's saying well, I, he will, I don't he know who was the man. first. Okay, I understand. I don't know who's who was the first person to make Black Melody do three in America. I don't know. Was it I don't, I don't, I don't know either. But world? but the fact that he made Black Belt under June Ree is an accomplishment, an accomplishment all by itself. Um, you know, it didn't have anything to do with his skin color. It had something to do with his character. And that is why he made Black Belt, because he's a hard worker and a hard charger. And that's what okay. people need to know about him, because he was so an amazing I don't distinguish, man. Okay, so I don't distinguish that he was from the black community, then. Is that what you're saying? I, I'm just saying I don't, but you, you do what you do. What okay. You want to. Well, no, I'm asking. I'm, I'm trying to be educated, brother. That's all. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, that I mean, said, I'm going to turn those talking sick over to Wolverine. Yes, sir, and I appreciate that. And like I say, you know, uh, Mr. Chambers had probably one of the best instructors out there. I mean, he was an amazing man. Loved hearing him sing. Without a doubt. Just, just a good all-around person, and that's that's what really matters. And, and you know, uh, I know this is uh, the legend show, but, you know, since this came up, this is what Americans have to do. They have to bond and become together and start realizing that when we start separating each other, that's where problems start. We're all Americans, and that's what we got to be looking at, and we all got to have each other six uh, no matter what. And, um, you know, there's amazing people that do things all around the world, and they're amazing people because they're Americans, and that's what they, you know, that's what they did. Uh, but right now we're going to hit the sirens. If I don't have a stick, can I still say amen? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You sure can. You sure can say amen. Yes, sir, brother. I want to and say I mean, thank you. Sir. Amen. You're 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 just very welcome. I mean, I I love everybody. I know I got a southern accent, and people sometimes, you know, they throw a lot of comments at me saying I must be racist because I got a southern accent. But they don't know where I grew up and, and my background. And what I say is, you know, it doesn't matter the man's color. It matters the man's character. Um, and, you know, well, we're, we're, well, we're, we're all, all red, white, and blue. Oh, I know you're not. I know well, you're well, not. Well, I, not. And we all racist. know you're not. What I'm doing is I'm trying to find out the proper way to say it. That's all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. We, and we all know that, Professor. Uh, so, Professor, at this time, I'm going to bring on Mr. Spellman so he can um, – talk to us about what he has going on with the uh, website and how we can find information. So, uh, Mr. Spellman, if you're there, you can come right on in, and the talking stick is yours. I very much appreciate that, Dean. Um, Well, um, for our audience, I just want to make it easy for you. Many of the things and subjects and uh, events and things that we will be talking about on each and every show uh, on Thursday night uh, are, that we're mentioning and talking about can be found on the www.sportkaratemuseumarchives.com website. If you are looking at it on a big screen, that is a computer, you'll find that there is a uh, red bar that goes across the top of the screen that has a drop-down menu when you click on the word more, and you can go through all the different things that are offered there. If you're looking on the small screen, which is your phone, you'll find upper left-hand corner, there is a four-bar little tiny uh, logo that you click on, and then the, the actual uh, drop-down menu will happen right beneath that, and you can do this very same thing, so it's very convenient. 
You don't have to be running around having a pen trying to find something to write it down and everything else. You can just go there and you'll find the information that we've talked about. Well, for instance, tonight we've talked about so far, uh, we mentioned the World Martial Arts Ranking Association, and that is found on the page World Ranking Association. And it's right there, and you can find its logo and information and all, and a button to go to the actual website to find out more information. You'll also be able to go there, and you'll be able to find the upcoming events page on which DE Chambers May 13th Houston International 32, 32nd Annual Tournament is a page and information about its uh, action. And later on, we'll be talking, I believe, uh, to um, one of the principals of the Action Martial Arts Film Festival coming up later this year. All those things can be found on the pages of the website, including a page all by itself for the web, uh, uh, the Set VR page that uh, I believe Professor will be talking about himself and introducing everybody to the information that's available there. So make sure that if you uh, hear anything that excites you or you want to look more about, you can go there. There are buttons on most of these that you can click to to go directly to the website for more detailed information. And just realize that we're trying to make this so that it's so easy for you to be able to stay in, con in connection with us and to be able to follow everything we talk about. And with that, I will hand back the stick and uh, to Dean. And Dean, you're all set. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Spellman. That was some great information. Uh, and, Professor, at this time I'm going to turn the talking stick over to you so you can bring on any of your uh, – special guests that you want to be able to advertise their upcoming events. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, Dr. Richard Lee is doing a conference, so I'll talk for him tonight. He is the inventor of setvr.app. This is a virtual reality platform that has a hologram that kicks your butt. And once you beat the hologram, You'll be able to go to what we call the History General Portal. And these are going to be profiles of all the History Generals. Now, we're starting with a core group. We've got Judge Roy Kerman, the first man to invent the two-point kick rule around the world. We've got Mr. George Minshew, the first person to give away a gold ring in open competition. We've got NBL world champion in point karate, Mr. Chris Minshew, and the owner of Black Belt Magazine and Century Martial Arts, Mr. Mike Dillard, as a core group. And then once he gets right up and running, which it is right now, you can actually go there every month, and we're going to add a new history general. Now, for more information, you can go to two places. You can go to Google and type in setvr.app, and it'll come up. Or you can go to www.fortcarotemuseumarchives.com, and setvr is in the menu. And that is the setvr. Dot app application in virtual reality. Now, hey, the other group, okay, whoever's talking, you need to mute your phone, please. Thank you. The other, the other group 
Now, I'm going to like to talk about is the action or the U.S. Action Sharp Film Festival, which is they're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the movie Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. Now, this will be in Scottsdale, Arizona, and it's going to be October the 19th through the 22nd. And, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to have a booth at the incredible event that we're having in October 6th and 7th. And it's really incredible some of the people who are going to be there, man. Don the Dragon Wilson, Cynthia Rothrock, Eric Lee, Rick Avery, Billy Blank, TJ Storm, which is about it, Adam James, Chichu Lee. Karen Shepard, I'm going to try to make an appearance. Ron Shaw, Cheryl Akamura, Angel Mayo, C.T. Fletcher. But you know what? I've got the co-producer on the line, and I want to talk to him right now. Here. Good evening, Professor. Thank you for having me. We might we might have to make you a co-producer. <laughs> Sir? So we might have to make you a co-producer. <laughs> You've given us such love. Well, here, you know, you and Lee are doing something really, really cool with this film festival. And uh, tell me about the updates. Who else you got coming besides the people I mentioned? Anybody else? Well, yeah, you've given a great rundown. We've got uh, the Art Camacho, Ron Hall, Dragon Dronay, uh, Janice Hung. Uh, we've got some great stunt people coming, um, and some other some of the celebrity types. We've got uh, Marvel illustrator and Lifetime Achievement Award winner at uh, Comic Con, Arville Jones, who has drawn um, Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Black Panther. So it's going to be a really great event. You know, we're really uh, we're encouraging martial artists, we're encouraging martial arts enthusiasts and families to come out and participate. It's for everyone. We really are looking to push the ideology and philosophy of martial arts in its entirety and, uh, you know, keep keep that thing going to future generations. Well, you're doing something very special for the museum, for the Sport Crime Museum. For yeah. every four-day pass, you're going to donate $50 to the Sport Crime Museum through, the, through your work and effort and everything. So we encourage people to go out there and buy their four-day pass and, Make sure that you go out there and shake a hand with one of these great, great karate people or martial artists, kung fu people. Definitely, it's definitely. Be a lot of fun doing this. It really is. Yes, you can go to so, you can go to USMASF United States Martial Arts Film Festival dot com. Put in the code SKM Sports Karate Museum, and you know we'll hopefully see you there. And the Sports Karate Museum will get a deserved benefit to keep things going. Well, here the next thing is, uh, you know, to tell people that you are actually going to be at the October event for Charity Herman and Jerry Smith and their tribute. So you'll be there actually telling people all about it also. And then you'll be on the show periodically throughout the year talking about it. So thank you. Very excited about your meeting event. Tell me, I said thank you. Okay, buddy. Professor Jerry, thank you for having us. You're welcome. Now, with that said, 
I want to give the kick of the talkie check back over to Wolverine. Go ahead, Wolverine. We got two more people. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, if everyone could, if you've got your phones, make sure you place them on mute so we can make sure we have great sound quality for the show and show respect to the next people coming up to talk. We appreciate that very much. Thank you. Um, Professor, it's now time for you to get back to the voices and bring on your next two guests. So uh, can't wait to hear what they got Me to say. Either. Well, you know, the voices so that the, I said earlier, ladies and gentlemen, was a vision I had to put great people together and let you listen to the wisdom of all these, well, these, these people I put together. And the last two are very, very special people to the museum. And I want to introduce, you heard him a little bit earlier. He is a 10th-degree black belt, the web designer of the Sport Karate Museum. He is a professor, a real professor. He is smarter than the average bear, believe me. And I'm going to bring him on right now to formally introduce him and talk to him a little bit. I'm talking about Professor Tom Feldman. Tom, are you there, buddy? Yes, sir, I am. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Now, your question tonight on The Voice is very simple. Have you ever been cheated, Tom, openly in a karate event or seen it done? Where and when and how? And who was it, if you can remember? (laughs) Okay, well, here's my perspective. Any sport competition requires rules and regulations. I suppose cheating is possible, but most good competitors know the rules, and often their instructors who have studied the rules know the ways to use those rules to their advantage and have devised strategies to do so. Rules were eventually established that the group of judges, for instance, in the ring can't be loaded with judges that represent the same school organization as the competitors fighting. In the early days, however, you know, around the the early 60s and mid-60s, There were so few trained and experienced judges, let alone black belts, to compete that the honor system was trusted to make things fair, but that more often than not probably didn't work very well for everyone. One rule was established at many tournaments that stated that no two competitors from the same school or organization could fight one another uh, until they made it to the finals. During that time, there was a large number of independent black belts that may know each other and even practice with each other regularly, but otherwise shared no other declared affiliation. Before that rule, they could be uh, pitted against each other to systematically eliminate those persons from the crowd and thin the ranks of some of the stronger contestants and thereby give their group a leg up in the elimination. It was partially in response to that fairness rule that the Black Flatty Federation, for instance, was formed to help unite many of the independent martial artists into a unified force under its collective banner so that all could have a level uh, field uh, in the sport they all love so much. Also, there was and is and is a varied ethnicity to the Black Clarity section that always welcomed those who were honorable and loved the competition regardless of color or creed. I also recall an old Roman Colosseum tradition that uh, repeatedly uh, appeared at, at times uh, that if a pe- competitor was being overlooked for their legitimate points, uh, obviously thereby being cheated out of them by the judges, um, when the 30-second rule uh, came around of throwing the flag in to let everybody know that the meet was coming to the end for that particular ring, 
The cheated person and their instructor often could be seen making eye contact or nonverbal thumbs up and thumbs down gestures that could pass between them. And when it resumed, the cheated competitor would clock the other fellow as a warning to the others of the consequence of unfair play to him and his. At time, uh, time went on, rules improved, and budding organizations standardized the rules by which they judged their tournaments. Judges were counseled concerning the rules of each tournament they judged, although the reasons why many could judge were varied. Some did it to serve a noble cause, some were drawn to the power of the position, and still more to influence the tournament outcome by how they did their jobs. It was hard for some to remain committed to the job and not fall into a fan or spectator role during the match they officiated. I remember going into an overtime in the internationals as brown belt against Darnell Garcia. We circled each other, and the center judge absolutely ruled that it was a little square kingdom uh, in which we fought. He had a hard time staying where he could see both of us throughout the match, however, and Darryl, or Darnell rather, used the ring to position his judge, uh, the center judge, behind me, and then attacked, while the judge had a better look uh, of his technique rather than mine. Well, I hit Darnell with a forward hand to the face that knocked him off balance and offline, and as he stumbled to the side, he uh, did a secondary by hitting me into the kidney area with his forward hand. As he, uh, you know, did that, um, there was a call to stop. I expected the award of my point when we were brought back to the lines in the center of the ring, but because the judge was crouching down and looking up behind me, my forward arm went up past Darnell's body and it was not seen by the judge. He only saw what happened when Darnell fell to the side and hit me with the secondary. Well, to Darnell and my surprise, the center judge awarded the match to him. And as we gave each other a congratulatory hug in the center of the ring, Darnell whispered in my ear, hey, it was in, man. Yeah, I know. Oh, boy, do I know. Oh, well, you know, I have, at least I know that Darnell went on that day to win the, his division or our division in that year, and I had fought him and I had beat him. Basically, the words preparation, training, sometimes guile, Transcendence. Well, I really think that ultimately it really is all about it after all. And with that, I hand back the talking stick. Well, thank you, Professor. That is very, very good. I really enjoyed that. Well, you know, the thing about it is, cheating is something that you've heard through our experts. It's not something that we like, but it is. And this next gentleman, he's got a great story. He was one of the best fighters we ever had in America. He was, he was Joe Lewis's protege. And ladies and gentlemen, he was one of the guys that worked in the early days of Black Belt Magazine. And he saw the walk in the halls of Bruce Lee and Joe Lewis and Chuck Norris. He was such a great fighter. One of the big organizations known as Treasure Organization gave him a school on the East Coast. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I love all that about him. But there's some things I really got to say. One, he's the president of the Black Karate Federation, known better as the BKF. He is also 
the co-founder, along with Mr. Cliff Stewart, rest in peace, and Mr. Ron Chappelle, this man, with those two other gentlemen, formed the BKF. And what's really cool about it, too, he was the personal bodyguard of some Hollywood elite, and also a bodyguard of the Beatles, Rockerman. Ringo Starr, the drummer. I get off of that when I talk about him about that, but he's also a Marine. And you know, once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. So with that said, I want to bring on my dear friend. I call him Uncle Jerry, but his name is Mr. Jerry Smith. Uncle Jerry, you there, sir? Yes, sir. I certainly am. Well, I can't wait for you to tell your story about cheating to the public. So go ahead. With that said, I give you the talking stick. Go ahead, Uncle Jerry. Thank you. As a competitor uh, in the late 60s, and um, I got a chance to fight some of the best lightweight. And the lightweight division always had way more than – than the other division. It just was always more lightweight. So you'd have to fight all day to clear out the division. Another competitor that I competed against a lot was uh, Benny the Jet Urquides. And uh, we had some uh, monumental uh, fights back in the day. As a matter of fact, what would happen when Benny and I would line up, they go, lightweights, line up over there, get ready to make, write your name down who you're going to fight. I would be at one, let's say about 30 uh, black belts, you know, uh, lightweight black belts. Benny would get at one end. I would get at the other end. And all of the fighters, which the the line would start to snake, right? Because no one wanted to fight me or Benny at their first match. So therefore, the line would start to move, and eventually Benny and I would end up standing next to each other smiling, and he would always look over at me and go, looks like it's me and you again, brother, you know, and he would laugh. But usually the promoter, whoever was right, were taking down our names, would never ever uh, you know they would they they would actually write on the chart to make sure that we weren't uh the first two to fight because then you're you know you need somebody to help get rid of some of those other people and um at this particular tournament they had some really really some of the top black belts and uh, uh in the finals it ended up being uh benny it was uh, me against Benny, Benny against me, whichever way you want to say it. And uh, good fight. Get ready to fight. Now, I want to tell you, I have to tell you that this particular fight started one of the famous riots on the West Coast, if you know about riots <laughs> at tournament. Okay. So what happened was uh, Jim Kelly, actor Jim Kelly from Enter the Dragon, was a uh, a guest. Uh, he wasn't a he wasn't a ref. Now that I think back, he wasn't a referee. He was a scorekeeper. He was a guest scorekeeper in the finals 
you know, they called him up, you know, Jim Kelly's going to be. And so Benny and I uh, went at it, and I, you know, I'm smart enough to, you know, keep my own scores. I know when I when I score. So I beat I I beat Benny three to two. But when we but at the end of the match when we went up to you know bow, Kelly said to the uh, uh, the chief referee, uh, the score is three to two. Well, the referee didn't. He's so used to Benny winning, you know, whenever Benny fought, not when he fought me, but when he fought, he automatically awarded the three points to Benny. And all of the the students and fighters from our school went crazy. They came down out of the bleachers. They were crazy. I think uh, – <laughs> Chuck Norris and uh, um, what's his name, his student, Pat Johnson, were doing the color commentating for the finals. And I walked over to the table, took the mic, and said, ladies and gentlemen, you saw the fight. I won the fight. And uh, uh, he was right. He was awarded my point. And so Chuck, you know, who knew me, and I said, Jerry, come down. We're going to get it all squared away. We're going to get it all squared away. Don't worry. We're going to figure it out. Well, that night when I left, I left with a second-place trophy, and Benny left with a first-place trophy. So it's funny. Whenever uh, – whenever it's kind of like – in boxing, whenever uh, the referee calls a calls a winner, that's that's the winner, you know, no matter what happens. And I, you know, I never forgot that. And whenever I see Benny, we always smile at each other because you know I won that. You know I won that fight. Now a funny thing about it is that uh, one, and that was one reason why I went over into to uh, full contact fighting and training. Well, one thing about it is in full contact fighting, they have early on, what they have is they have a commission. Matter of fact, I have been appointed a commit, the commissioner of several different fights. Okay, now this is, they didn't have video replay. So if something happened in a match where a fighter got cut or got butted or, or, or couldn't continue for some reason and, and, and the and the judges couldn't figure out the cause, then it would go to the commissioner, and the commissioner would have whoever the who is appointed as a commissioner will set and actually uh, give rule on whether the fight uh, whether someone won or whether it was a no contest or whatever. But I never ever ever forgot. That fight that I won with Benny, and I'll pass back to talking to. Well, thank you, thank you so much, Jerry Smith. That was a great, great story. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know we get Rambo Eddie, but I'm gonna get the top pick back over the Wolverine while I go get Rambo Cousin Eddie. With that said. Wolverine, here's the talking shit, buddy. Let me go get Bradley Cousin. Oh, yeah, get him, because this is going to be a barn burner. 
easing back, playing pool. Hold on a minute. Grab it, come Eddie. Get over here. Here he comes. Hi, Wolverine. Eddie, how you doing, buddy? Doing yeah. good. Doing good. Good to hear you. How well, you doing listen, with your pool game? Are you winning? Well, no, I'm, 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 I'm not cheating. <laughs> Here we go. Mamby Pummy. Okay, I'm gonna say it right. Mamby Pamby cheating. Dragon drones want to be black belt. Who think they can judge black belt judging and never have fought in a big event or never done open competition. And be in a position to judge these events. And they get to judge the big players. And because they do not know what they're doing, well, things happen. Wolverine, how do you fix the problem? Well, uh, you know, to fix the problem with these uh, mamby-pamby chucklehead cheaters, that's what I call them. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different ways, you know. Uh, in the NBL, Boyce Liddell would get mad at me, and I, I'm glad, man, I'm so glad that you brought this topic up because nobody wants to hear anybody whine about getting cheated. But since we're talking about cheating, let me just go ahead and go down the list and expose a group of cheaters because, you know, I think they deserve that after all these years. Um, and especially, uh, throwing this off the topic, but uh, Jerry Springer from America's Got Talent, he passed away today, and uh, he had always kept in touch with Alex and I through the years, and uh, so it's a sad day, so y'all say a prayer for him. Um, but uh, cheaters, you know, uh, during the NBL, I, I made sure that I learned Boyce Liddell's rule book. I had that thing memorized from cover to cover, and uh, the reason why was because of Mamby Pamby chucklehead cheaters. The problem was, you know, when you're dealing with big teams and big events, uh, these people, they want their players to be elevated, not just for world titles, but for their parents that may be paying, paying them a lot of money. So, you know, they put things into play, and even boys would put things into play to cheat for certain people on the circuit to try to make them uh, – you know, elevate because he had his favorites. And, uh, you know, I always told him, I don't know why you're so mad at me, boys, because all I'm doing is trying to make everybody go by the rules that you wrote. Uh, But he didn't like to hear that because uh, if he went by the rules that he wrote, then that would mean that his friends and the people that he was trying to elevate, uh, you know, would get, you know, would lose. And it's really disappointing because I've got a whole list of people right here in my head and I could call their names out. I, I won't, I won't put them on the spot, but if anybody wants to call me and ask me who they are, I'd be more than happy to give you their names because they're big players in the NBL and they know dang good and well, they were cheaters. And if they was to say that I was lying to them, they'll have to say that in front of my face because I know for a fact what they did. And, uh, you know, not, not just cheating myself or, or my daughter or players on our team, but other teams as well. Uh, just to get their way and to elevate their self, uh, you know, into these higher statuses. And, and it's very disappointing, uh, you know, to, to, to see these people. And then today they walk around and they still talk about integrity and they act like that they're, uh, you know, really something. And a lot of people look up to these people, uh, but deep down inside they know what they did. And, you know, it's, it's, a, very, it's a very sad thing. And I've been cheated a lot. 
I've been cheated all over the place. So, and I mean, and and one reason why is because I don't go around kissing people's backsides, you know. And if you don't do that, sometimes at these karate tournaments, they're like, well, you know, Wolverine don't let me, you know, do this or do that or you know, try to, you know, how you got some judges that try to uh, teach your players while they're competing. And they start trying to judge on how they teach at their school, which may not be what it needs to be to win the competition. So they just need to do the job they were asked to do, which was score the event and go by the rules. And what's sad is most of the time these judges, they don't go by the rules. They have the rules read to them, and then they let the big crowds or big teams persuade them and or – they're, you know, and I know people are going to be like, oh, this is never going to happen, so we're going to make sure if Mixed Master can hit a drum uh, roll for us here. Um, you know, they're paid off. And uh, I know people think that that's not a, a thing, but it actually is a thing. And not only do I have, still in my possession, notes uh, left from certain players or certain judges, two other judges, hey, make sure this certain player does not win today. I'll make it worth your while. Thank you. And I have these in my possession still today. Why? Because I just feel like at some time I might need to, you know, cram that down their throat, we'll just say, uh, because I really don't like that. I try to make sure that when I'm judging, I don't I don't use any bias, even if I've been cheated by that person. You know, people may make mistakes, and a mistake is okay. Uh, but cheating is uncalled for, and – you know, it's sad that in our sport and with people that have black belts, uh, they, you know, stoop to that level, but it all goes back to that evil demon, the ego. And uh, that that's that's what gets it. So, Rambling Cousin Eddie, I don't know if you've ever been cheated. I hope not. But you know what? The cheating made it, it really done good because, uh, you know, Alex took a lot of hard hits um in the in the martial arts uh one team would cheat her and matter of fact after the thing it was a big riot kind of broke out like mr smith was talking about and this one judge said right out in front of everybody i'll cheat alex every time she's in front of me because i just don't like y'all and you know so you know alex was just a kid you know six and seven years old when she heard that so when we went to america's got talent and pierce morgan uh, first, you know, talked real ugly to her. She it, she was immune to it. So she continued to be nice to him, smiled at him, and said, okay, thank you, sir, but then went all the way and ended up being the best of 2008's series. So, in a sense, she's the winner of that show, but it just goes to show everyone what uh, perseverance, you know, does and pays off. But I just hate the fact that, so many people are exposed to cheating when they first experience martial arts and then they stop competing. And some, some competitors we may not ever know could have been some of the best competitors out there just because their first experience was bad due to teams wanting to inflate their ego or their record. And uh, that's very sad. So if anybody's been cheated, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I hate you had to go through that, but continue to hold your head high. They don't validate uh, what type of person you are or how good a martial artist you are, um, you know, you, you do that yourself. So, you know, when the crowd and the crowd knows, and trust me, they know it doesn't matter what those judges say because half of the time they ain't even looking anyway. I've had judges scoring me and they'd be texting on their cell phone while I'm doing my routine and I'd just stop in the middle of the thing and ask them, do they need me to wait till I get, they get done uh, so I can finish my routine? You know, and Professor, you've saw 
uh, firsthand, uh, you know, when you get back on here, you saw how, you know, somebody tried to cheat me at the Bay of Atlanta, but it didn't work out. But, you know, you saw it and you even talked to them about it. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my take on cheating. So I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, Cousin Eddie. Well, you know what? You know what, Wolverine? First of all, I'm your biggest fan. And I want to tell you something about cheating. I caught a guy, fold up a piece of paper and put it underneath the pool table to make it elevated higher. And I caught him cheating. I took him out back and I beat the crap out of him. So I don't know what you guys do in karate, but that's what I do with pool players. But, yeah, I've seen cheating. I don't like it. So I'll tell you what, Wolverine. I'm going to go back and play some more pool, and I'm going to give the microphone back over to Professor. Okay? You take care, little brother. Bye-bye. You too. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> He's crazy. Hey, you should you should tell yeah. uh, you should, professor. You should tell crazy cousin Eddie. He should have just dropped a pool ball down in a sock and give that guy a knuckle sandwich with it. <laughs> well, well, you know what, Wolverine? You know, cheating is something that is around. But you know, tonight with the wisdom of the voices and what you said. I think people who listen to our show understand that we care, we don't like it, and we certainly don't mind talking about it. So, Wolverine, thank you so much for allowing the platform of the museum, of the voices, and the people that are involved. God bless you, Wolverine. So, with that said, I will give the talking stick back over to you. Right, Professor. Thank you. Well, that's a great segment. All right, Professor, at this time, um, I guess you need to bring back on uh, Mr. Beck Mills so that you can continue his interview and play the legend's name game before we wrap it up. So you have the talking stick, sir. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Breck, are you there, buddy? Yes, sir. I'm here. Wow, what a show. Okay, now let me explain. Ladies and gentlemen, a few years back, there was a man named Mr. Bob White. And he helped me invent this idea. And what it is, is I say a name to our special guest, and then they will talk about that person or a couple, so you get to know who they are. So, Breck, are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, here we go. The first person, George Minshew. You got two minutes. George Minshew, um, inventor of the Karate Olympics in Houston, um, came under under Grandmaster Alan Steen. George was a great fighter back in the day, um, probably one of the best businessmen in the martial arts industry. Uh, George knew how to make tournaments happen. Uh, he knew what was required for the competitors to, to keep bringing the big crowds in all the time. And um, a very close personal friend of mine for the years. And um, just an all-around awesome martial artist and gentleman. You bet. And uh, the next one. Skipper Mullins, the great Skipper Mullins, the man that Bill Wallace told me one day in my living room, I copied Skipper Mullins. 
tell me your relationship with Skipper and what Skipper was to you. Skipper and I became very close through his brother, Don Moon. Um, I was fortunate enough to be part of that elite Texas group and got to uh, travel around with Don and Skipper all the time to a lot of events, a lot of personal things. Um, Skipper had the longest legs in Texas. Um, Even at 57 years old, he could still kick the ceiling. Um, which he did in George Minshew's house one evening. Um, excellent golfer. We, um, I had the, the, the honor and privilege to play golf with him several times in, in Texas, and um, just a great guy to be around, great competitor. I got one more for you before we get off the air. This is the first national karate champion in America. Mr. We lost him last year. Mr. J. Pat Burleson. All right. Well, actually, today is Grandmaster J. Pat Burleson's heavenly birthday. Today is his his actual birthday. And um, he was a gentleman, Um, one of the best fighters in the United States, Um, the first national karate in, in the United States. Um, has a uh, legacy that is is second to none, and I'm I'm fortunate enough to be able to carry part of that on, representing his World Martial Arts Ranking Association in in my state of Louisiana, and um, that was a big honor for me to be able to do that. And well, we're damn proud that Jim chose you too, Brett. Yes. And I want to say. Thank you for the time you spent on the Wolverine Nation and the Legends Show and sharing with us your elite history. And we look forward to your, uh, uh, you know, you're also, you're co-producing the Avengers Show with, along with Uncle Paris Kelly. <clears throat> and we're excited about you being a part of that, being the door greeter. And also, you're going to be the personal kind of go-to-er for Mike Stone when he comes here to the show. And I want to thank you for that, too. So, God bless you, Brad. Thank you for being on the show tonight. And I just want to say, God bless you, buddy. And, you know, all we can do is get better and better and better. That said, said, we'll turn the talking stick back over to the one, the only, the Wolverine. Wolverine? Yes, sir. What a show, huh? <laughs> well, thank you, sir. I, yeah, that was an awesome show. I mean, a lot of good information, a lot of good stories. Um, you know, it's just amazing to get to be a part of this and, and to hear from all these people. And, um, you know, I think I think we're doing good. And as, as the shows go on, they're just going to keep getting better. And um, we're just going to keep on protecting that history one more year at a time. And, uh, yeah, just keep up doing what you're doing professor it's all good so with that being said you can uh wrap up the show well thank you wolverine i want to say we'll see you guys next week and we want to say thank you again to mr uh is it justin watson is that who it is your your executive your uh 
Hopefully. Yeah, we just call him the old mix master. Okay. Yeah. I want to thank the old mix master. Yes, Justin Watson. <laughs> for what he's done. And yep, of course, Justin Watson. The yep. amazing Wolverine, better known as Dean Piles, from putting on the Wolverine Nation. And, you know, we'll see you. We'll be on, well, this show will be on next Thursday at 4 o'clock. But we want to say thank you. We look forward to our upcoming guests and making the Legends show better and better and better every week. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Yep. Osta Shinoe, Donatahe. Spartans, what is your profession? Welcome to Wolverine Nation. I say what I mean, I mean what I say, and I say what needs to be said. Global leader in military combatives. 45 martial arts world titles. Renowned actor, writer, and a malicious warrior with brutally honest opinions. This may step on some people's toes. If it does, then you're a special kind of stupid. This is America's Sheepdog, kicking it with the Wolverine. (laughs) 